Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Michael Thompson. I know I have told this story before, but I'm going to do it again. And apologies if you have heard it, but it is for a good cause because way back in 2019, which feels like a very long time ago now, uh, my then two-year-old son was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And it was a really, it was a really scary time because it was it was rushed to hospital. He stayed there for a while as we got used to essentially a new way of living, which was kind of monitoring blood sugar with finger pricks and and insulin injections before every single meal, before he ate anything. And so this this poor kid went from barely having had a needle before to becoming basically overnight a pincushion. And we went from sleeping through the night to waking up constantly kind of fearing what could happen if his blood glucose levels dropped sharply because it, it, it can, in, the, in certain circumstances, be fatal. And at the very least, at the very least, it is, it's certainly life-changing and there's no cure because type 1 diabetes is forever. But, and this is kind of the point of the conversation today, maybe it won't always be that way. There is a, a terrific organisation called JDRF doing everything it can to find a cure. And today is the JDRF Giving Day when every single donation received is matched dollar for dollar. And you can head to jdrf.org.au if you'd like to, to get involved. And sure, you might you might think that this is perhaps a slightly niche topic to be doing a Fear and Greed daily interview on, but keep in mind that 130,000 people across Australia have type 1 diabetes. So if it's not you, it unfortunately will be kind of someone you know or, or their children or a classmate. There's another eight people diagnosed every single day. It is pretty shocking. The CEO of JDRF Australia is Mike Wilson, OAM. Mike, welcome back to Fear and Greed. Thanks, Michael. Good to be here. In a nutshell, I know I've kind of rabbited on now for a couple of minutes, but but in, say, 30 seconds or less, what exactly is type 1 diabetes? So diabetes is a word that's more well understood now, but the differences in types are not. Type 2 is the one that's more commonly recognised, generally older, generally heavier, and generally less active people, and most commonly addressed by changes to diet or lifestyle, whereas type 1 is a combination of a genetic predisposition and then something in the environment that triggers your immune system to destroy the cells in your pancreas that make insulin. Now, insulin is a key to turning the food you eat into fuel for your cells. So without that, it's a real problem. And as you say, you need insulin injections every day just to stay alive. So it's the most chronic type of of diabetes, and it requires day-to-day management from the point of diagnosis. And are we any kind of closer to understanding why it comes about, what triggers it, and why it kind of tends to come on most often in kids? So we are. We're getting closer every day. And in fact, Australia is leading the way in research into understanding the causes of type 1. Now, it's nothing as simple as here is a thing and it is this thing. There's a combination of factors. We know that in some people there's a, a likely trigger that is something that challenges the immune system like a virus. In others, there are exposure to, to various other factors that are around you that accumulate over time. So we know now a lot more about the journey from as early as pregnancy all the way through to when it presents, which is most commonly, as you say, in children. Now, you can be diagnosed much later in life, but most commonly type 1 diabetes is diagnosed in people around about their teenage years. Now, uh, there's a, a fantastic story around all of this, and it kind of is, is connected in a way to the election 
last year and a, a, probably a, a terrific lesson for business and for other charities and other organizations in the community. But to get to that, I, I kind of need to mention the the technology because I didn't talk in the intro about how much the technology in this space has evolved in recent years because uh, we now use two pieces of tech 24-7. One is an insulin pump that my son wears around his waist and that administers insulin via a little, a little tube. The second one is a monitor with a little sensor embedded beneath his skin. Uh, and that monitor sends data to our mobile phones every five minutes, telling us what his, his blood glucose level is and whether it's dropping or climbing, whether it's safe or dangerous. Now, JDRF received a lot of attention last year in the lead up to the federal election because you managed to secure commitments from both sides of politics to offset uh, the cost of those monitors because previously funding had stopped at 21 and you, you basically were able to get it extended for life, saving sufferers potentially thousands of dollars a year for, for this one piece of equipment that can just help type 1 sufferers live a, a normal life. How did you do that? How did you get both sides to commit to this, kind of using using advocacy, using your members? Yeah, it was a terrific. It was $273.1 million of bipartisan commitment, which was wonderful. Just to be clear for your listeners, this is not a luxury, this technology. This is life-saving and life-changing. The, the challenges of managing the fluctuations in blood glucose levels are incredible. And so something like these continuous glucose monitors really makes that easier and safer, but it wasn't more accessible because it was expensive. So what we effectively did was help our constituents, people affected by type 1 diabetes, tell their story to their local members, help them understand type 1 because it often is misunderstood and help them realise that this technology is not a luxury, it is essential for good management. When you do that times 150 electorates across the country or 151 last election and then 76 senators there's a much broader base for effective policy making. So I have to say that really it was the stories of the people who live with this disease provided to those who make policy in advance of an election that led to what was a really good decision. And now there are nearly 70,000 people in Australia accessing continuous glucose monitors in a way that you've described is life-changing for your son. Yeah, and, and you're right. It is it is life-saving as well. And I often wonder, I worry when I'm talking about it that I make it sound kind of too, too dramatic. But the fact is that in the middle of the night, it's 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and this alarm suddenly goes off and, and it wakes you up to say the blood glucose levels are dropping to dangerously low levels and you need to treat this. Now, if you didn't have that technology, I, the, the outcome is potentially terrible, absolutely terrible. The outcome is potentially terrible. And even without that outcome, every night was more of a challenge. So for the entire family, the fear was ever present, even if the risk only presented on the odd occasion, hopefully. So this technology not only changes the safety profile for the individual, it also changes the way in which the rest of the family can function. Stay with me, Mike. We'll be back in a moment. My guest this morning is Mike Wilson, CEO of JDRF Australia. Where do we go to from here? What's the next kind of five years like look like? What's the next kind of 10 years look like? Are we going <laughs> big question, I suppose I'm kind of tiptoeing around it. Will we see a cure? We will absolutely see a cure, but we want it faster 
that would otherwise happen without our involvement. So there are people who are way smarter than I with grey hair who are aged in their scientific career who genuinely believe they will see a cure in their lifetime, and that gives me great hope. Our job is to turn the passion of people like yourself and others in the community into progress even faster. But we are seeing signs and have seen them in the last 12 months of incredible progress. So as recently as late last year, the first ever drug that changes the development of type 1 diabetes was approved by the US Food and Drug Administration. That's the first step towards turning type 1 diabetes into something that affects eight people more every day in Australia to know people more every day. And then for those that have type 1, we still need to cure their condition and remove the effects of the disease. And we saw early this year the approval of a therapy founded by a really smart professor out of Harvard who actually has two children with type 1 diabetes that looks to restore the function your body has destroyed. When you add that to the treatment developments that you mentioned, continuous glucose monitors, we can point to prevention, we can point to cure, and we can point to treatment, all of which is happening now in people, so reasonably in five to 10 years could be in the health system. Beyond that, there's even more exciting things happening, but they're real, they're live, and they're now, and they give us all hope. I was talking once a few years ago to a, a professor who specializes in another autoimmune condition and it was it was telling me about this disease, an absolutely terrible disease, and they were doing so much work towards finding a cure. And I said, oh, well, look, fingers crossed we get there. And he, he got a little bit annoyed with me. And fair enough, he goes, no, it's not fingers crossed. He goes, we will get there. The, the technology is available to us. The, the research is there. We just need money. We just need the money to actually pour into this so that we can get there. And so you kind of see that a day like today being the JDRF giving day is so important. And if you have a business and, and you want to see, and this, I'm kind of getting to the the, the 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 hard sell here. If you want to see a donation go a long way, you can't do much better than seeing it match dollar for dollar. How important is kind of corporate support on a day like today for an organization like JDRF? It really is critical. You've outlined the, the, the factors for success for us. It's money plus urgency. We have the urgency. <laughs> we have the plan. We, we need the money. Uh, and today is a day where kind donors have provided a matching pool for any additional donation made today to be doubled. And so everything that we put in, 500, 1,000, 10,000, or up to a million dollars, will be doubled today. And we turn that into the most effective and progressive research that we possibly can invest in immediately. And so the stories we'll be able to tell this time next year of progress in the last 12 months are directly affected by the decisions that people make today. And corporate uh, entities can generally do this at a level uh, and of a nature that many individuals can't. And it's such an important part of our fundraising profile. Oh, it absolutely is. And I suppose it also helps to kind of understand what a donation would actually fund. What would, say, um, $1,000 or $5,000 mean to JDRF? So $5,000 would mean $10,000 of investment in, for example, the young and upcoming PhD student who's applying their career towards the future that exists without type 1 diabetes in a way that we can only respect and admire from a distance. But if we support them to retain their involvement in these research projects, they'll make a real difference. It can go towards the next phase of advocacy that JDRF does to encourage greater investment by government in our clinical research network that tests all the emerging and promising therapies and devices for safety and efficacy and makes sure they don't end up just as a research product, they end up in the health system. 
All these things are part of our agenda. And today is a big day for us to help turbocharge that with a bit more funding. Oh, well, look, I always make fun of Sean Aylmer on Fear and Greed for, for doing things that are driven by perhaps self-interest. Today is all about self-interest here because I would love to see a day where my son, who is now six, can go off to school without an insulin pump kind of bouncing around in a in a belt around his waist and without kind of various things attached to him and having to be kind of near a teacher who is able to kind of monitor his levels. I dream of that day and it is because of people like you, Mike, and because of the organisation and the work being done by JDR and because of the generous support of donors who are able to kind of get involved on a day like today that maybe we might see a day where he can go off to school and just kind of be like everyone else. We will see that day. We dream of that day, but that day will come more quickly if people decide to get behind us and take advantage of giving day. So really, hopefully, um, there is an incentive that we all share to make this something that your son and 130,000 others like him can remember the day they used to have type 1 diabetes, because that's what we're all in pursuit of. Yeah, today's the day to get involved if you can, big or small, right up to a million dollars. Every donation is doubled. Head to jdrf.org.au. Mike, thank you so much for talking to Fear and Greed. Thank you so much. That was Mike Wilson, OAM, the Chief Executive of JDRF Australia. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson. Enjoy your day.